the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Weekday evenings on FM 101.5 and AM 1400, The Patriot. It's 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood. Host Daryl Wood brings you the day's news and trending topics as only he can with a unique blend of conservative opinion, constitutionalism, and thought-provoking analysis. Join the conversation. 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood. A daily look at the news in a way you won't hear anywhere else. Tune in to 6 o'clock talk with Daryl Wood on FM 101.5 and AM 1400, The Patriot. Or stream at PatriotDetroit.com. You are in, in what part of the country? <laughs> Southwest Colorado. Wonderful. How are you picking us up? Oh, I stream you guys on my uh, iPhone every day. Fantastic. Um, I, I am a resident of Sterling Heights, but uh, I frequently come to Southwest Colorado. I am just thrilled to be hearing from you out there in Colorado. Continue to listen, tune in again, and call at your earliest convenience. Godspeed. Run to Win with Daryl Wood, Monday through Friday at 4 p.m. on Faith Talk Detroit. The Jewish Hour can now be heard on jcastnetwork.org, your portal to Jewish broadcasting. It's also on iTunes and on your smartphone using the Stitcher app. Shalom, 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 Be'eretz Yisrael. Shalom, 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 Be'eretz Yisrael. Welcome to the Jewish Hour. I'm your host, Herschel Finman. We've got a great show for you. Today, we're going to be featuring a rebroadcast of Rabbi Sheikh. Taub, Substance Abuse, Judaism, Getting Over Those Addictions. Yes, indeedy. The Jewish Hour's own Poet Laureate uh, will Michael Druck will be featured at the bottom of the hour with some of his enlightening, inspirational, and really fun-to-listen-to poems. We've been doing that for, oh, longer than I can remember. We have him on a couple times a year. And uh, really, if you haven't heard him, he's great. He's got a voice that's just like... Perfect. It's like Edgar Allan Poe coming right through you. We've got some wonderful, if I do say so myself, acapella music. And uh, the portion of the week, we will be beginning the book, the book of Bamidbar. It's numbers number one, one. We'll be talking about that. We've got an w- awesome story. Hopefully we'll have time for an awesome story. It's just like everything's just like packed in there. I hope to get to this story. But before we do anything else, let's get right to the news. An Arab terrorist killed an Israeli at the Tapuach Junction in Samaria Tuesday morning. The victim is, was identified as 31-year-old father of five, Aviatar Borovsky. The, poli- the terrorist grabbed Borovsky's gun at the border and fired at border police after killing the terrorist. After killing Borovsky, police fired back, wounding the terrorist. 
Magen David Adam teams arrived at the scene and tried to revive Borovsky, but pronounced him dead on the scene. IAF aircraft struck a terror facility and weapons storage site in southern Gaza last night. The attacks came in response to the recent escalation in rocket attacks from Gaza at southern Israel. 500 Palestinians rioted outside Ofra in the West Bank. The crowd threw rocks at police. Army forces fired tear gas at the protesters. No one was hurt in the riots. In East Jerusalem, Palestinians threw homemade bombs and several firebombs at a company of border guard troops who returned fire with rubber bullets. A terrorist opened fire. Boy, they really have been, things get warm over there, boy. A terrorist opened fire at two people in Wadi Kelt near Jericho. The two were attacked as they sat in a car. No one was hurt, and police are looking for the Arab who fled into the wadi. A brush fire is burning out of control. They've got problems in California. Same conditions, dry winds, dry grass. A brush fire is is burning out of control in the Karma Yosef area along the Mediterranean. Residents were evacuated as police and firefighters battled the blaze. Some good news, the cost of living in Israel is going down. This week saw a drop in prices in many consumer goods, as well as destabilization of the airline industry to to allow lower fares. In a related story, the dollar sank below 3.6 shekels. The lower the value of the dollar, the more expensive Israeli imports become in foreign markets. So that doesn't sound so good. The two main reasons for the strong showing of the shekel is due to large amounts of foreign cash coming into Israel because of the upcoming sales of gas from Israel's offshore fields and Israel's relatively high interest rates. You can get a six-month CD for there for 7.5% interest. Israel received its fifth Dolphin-class submarine from Germany. The INS Rachav is to arrive in Israel within the year. Israeli Prime President Shimon Peres traveled to Italy Monday in response to an invitation to Pope Francis. In addition to their meeting, the president will also attend professional meetings with Italy's president and prime minister. The oldest synagogue in Tunisia opened its doors Sunday to visitors for the first time since protests broke out in the country in 2011. Jewish pilgrims visited Jerba, Africa's oldest synagogue on the Tunisian island of Jerba, founded in 586 BCE by Jews fleeing the destruction of the first temple in Jerusalem. Here's one for you if you haven't got anything. If you missed the auction last week, which I didn't get anything, what the details were. But the domain Israel.com, www.israel.com is up for sale. Originally purchased by a Miami businessman in 1993 to protect the name from falling into the wrong hands, the web name's starting bidding price is $1 million. Israel's, here you go, one. Here is, listen to this one. <laughs> the Red Wings are doing it. But Israel's national hockey team won gold at the 2013 IIHF Ice Hockey World Championship 2 Group B, which was a surprise considering that they entered the tournament in Turkey ranked next to last. The squad will move up to the top-tier Group A for next year. And finally, we know we always have these these uh, end, end pieces over here, like you kind of leave your head scratching. Mrs. Rory Weisberg of upstate Muncie, New York, is suing French luxury cosmetic maker L'Oreal for false advertising when it claimed that its new Tant Idol Ultra 24-hour provides a full day and night of lasting perfection, quote-unquote. Mrs. Weisberg, who is suing for unspecified damages, says that as a Sabbath observer who does not apply makeup on the Sabbath, she was disappointed by the severe fading of the product overnight. L'Oreal was not available. Comment 
And that's the news. Some of the best jobs in the world are in the radio and television industry, and you too can join the workforce in as little as eight months when you complete your hands-on training at the Spex Howard School of Broadcast Arts located in Southfield, Michigan. At Spex Howard School, students get to play and learn at the same time. Imagine spending your class time behind the microphone, spinning music and hosting your own radio show, or designing and lighting a set for your own TV program, running a camera, learning to edit, directing a program. When you go to Specs, your day will be anything but dull. And if school is this fun, imagine how exciting it is to work in the growing industry. In addition, the credits you earn while attending Specs Howard School are currently accepted at 14 area colleges and universities. If you've always wanted the best job in the world, call for a tour of Specs Howard School at 248-358-9000. That's 248-358-9000. Or visit them on the web at specshoward.edu. Specs Howard School of Broadcast Arts. This is where you start. Herschel Finman, here you are listening to the Jewish Hour. We have online Rabbi Shays Tov, just recently wrote a book, God of Our Understanding Jewish Spirituality and Recovery from Addiction. Rabbi Taub will be the guest lecturer and an evening of inspiration, uh, emotional sobriety, how to remain reasonably happy and calm while people around you are acting insane. This is this coming Thursday, December 23rd, 7 p.m. at the Shul. Anyway, how are you today, Rabbi Taub? Thank God, real well. It's a pleasure to be here. Good. Thank you so much for taking up some of your time and uh, telling us. Tell us about yourself and and uh, your involvement with recovery from addiction. Well, that's implying that you're an addict. I didn't mean to do that, but you know. So, go ahead. You know, my whole premise is that we're all addicted. Because, I'm kind uh, of addicted to breathing. I do it like you know, twenty times a minute. I just can't well, live actually, without it. <laughs> Actually, uh, something like breathing or taking care of your uh, bodily needs, you know, that's, that's necessary, and that's a God-given instinct, and it keeps us going. But uh, what's an addiction? Addiction is when one of those things that uh, we normally do becomes a greater distraction than it's worth. And the question becomes, why does a person start feeling like, he or she needs to distract himself or herself like that. And uh, really it has to do with, if we can be uh, philosophical for a moment, the underlying pain of existence. So we all exist, and we all experience the underlying pain of existence, and we all have different coping mechanisms or coping methods for that. Addiction is just one coping mechanism for dealing with the pain of existence. Mm-hmm. I think they call it self-medicating, correct? Absolutely. It's a very accurate and apt term. Okay. Go ahead. Really, and it really helps to demystify some of the frustrating aspects of addiction. When people scream at the addict, can't you just cut it out already? Why won't you just stop? Can't you do it for your family? And it's, it's really, we would never tell a cancer patient who is undergoing chemotherapy, you're crazy, don't you know that chemo is killing you? Because cancer patient will say, well, of course I know it's killing me, but the doctors tell me I have better odds it'll kill the cancer first before it kills me. Of course I know there are serious grave risks involved. Same thing with the addict. They might not be able to articulate it, but you can't tell them, well, don't you know these drugs are killing you? Well, yeah, but they're also addressing this problem, this underlying pain of existence, which I haven't found anything else to address. Okay, Rabbi uh, Shastab, tell us how did how did you get involved with uh, counseling addicts? 
this started in Milwaukee, where uh, I was a pulpit rabbi for about six years, and I started to see miracles happen in people's lives. I literally saw homes and families' lives totally restored and turned around in, a, in, in nothing short of a supernatural type of way. And then I, I learned that it indeed was supernatural, that these people, in a very practical way, had turned their lives over to God, not in a religious or ritualistic way, but in an, in an intensely sincere and genuine way of spiritual seeking, and that it had manifested these incredible changes. And uh, as a rabbi, as someone who had studied theology in, 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 in yeshiva and in, uh, in rabbinical uh, seminary, so obviously, you know, uh, I'm very interested when anyone can vouch for the power of God in their life. Are you talking about and, like the uh, 12-step program? What is, excuse me, say are, one you more time. are you talking like about the step, the twelve step program that you? Well, witnessed? yeah, I am. I should probably qualify that because nowadays, when you say recovery or recovery from addiction, there are secular approaches. But the twelve steps, which is probably the most popular and most um, has the strongest track record of all all, all approaches to recovery, is uh, inherently spiritual and. Uh, it has to do with, you know, I'm sure most of us have heard, even if you know, we don't know a lot else about 12-step programs, that it has to do with finding a power greater than yourself or a higher power. And uh, that's that's what I'm talking about when I'm saying that there's miracles that I mm-hmm. saw in people's lives. It's really about finding that vital, personal, intimate, real connection with God through okay. a 12-step program. Okay, understood. Um there, there's been a lot written about the twelve steps in the last hundred and whatever years it is that the twelve step. It's actually not a hundred; it's probably yeah, about eighty. Thirty. To the thirties, yeah. There's been a lot written about it, and and people have analyzed it and turned it upside down and inside out and back again and around. What does your book, God of Understanding, do that nothing written till now has done? It's a good question. Thank um, you. I would say, first of all, what it does not do new is it doesn't attempt to create a new program. It doesn't attempt to invent new tools. Uh, anything that I wrote about there are, uh, are things that I have seen people do or I've tried it out myself. So nothing there is new. And in fact, it's all pretty much being practiced by millions of people around the world who follow the 12-step programs. And really... Part of what I attempt to show in my book is that it's been around in Jewish tradition for thousands of years. All these, you know, universal truths of spiritual health and spiritual fitness are are in the Torah. So mm-hmm. that's what's not new about it. Before what before we is, go further, yeah. before we go any further about that, what is new about it? Let Let's uh, follow up on that one statement that you just made. And could you bring to light how is it that somebody from the 1930s developed these things that are called 12 steps? And yes, you say that Judaism had it in its thought thousands of years ago. Could you give a couple of examples, please, Rabbi Tal? Yeah, sure. That, you know, I like to say that spiritual fitness is sort of like, you know, it's, even though spirituality is, you know, ethereal and it's abstract, or we view it, we tend to view it abstractly, we, we think of spiritual fitness as something very subjective or flighty. And, and the truth is, it's not. Just like physical health, there are certain rules, there are certain 
basic guidelines that are pretty much true and universal for everybody. So to spiritually, there's certain guidelines that are pretty objective and absolute as far as staying spiritually fit. So for instance, harboring a grudge, carrying a resentment, that is pretty much universally spiritually toxic for anyone. Inability to admit you're wrong, you know, holding on to the, to the moral high ground, or, or like we say, do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? Choosing rightness over, over happiness. That's pretty universally damaging to a person. Um, inability to be honest with oneself, or we'll phrase it in a positive way. The ability to be self-searching and honest is, is universally healthy. Um, humility is universally healthy. So these principles, like honesty, humility, uh, forbearance, these are principles that pretty much anyone who practices them will be spiritually healthy, and uh, to the extent that one is lacking any of those principles, pretty much any human being who's lacking them will be spiritually unhealthy. So those are the across-the-board universals of spiritual health and well-being. Okay. And uh, the program, the 12 Steps, lays it out in very simple language and very, very simple instructions how to maintain those various... I mean, a lot of people think that the 12 Step program addresses uh, the, the addictive behavior, and it really doesn't. Uh, the first step will mention, you know, that the, the admission of powerlessness over the particular, the addict's particular uh, drug. But everything else in the 12 Steps is all about simple footwork that the recovering addict engages in in order to attain and maintain those basic components of spiritual fitness. Okay, let's go back to your the original question then. So what's new, Rabbi Sheistal, the God of our understanding, Jewish spirituality and recovery from addiction? What's new is that, and again, it's not new in the world, it's maybe just new to millions of people out there who I think this applies to and can, can benefit from. Um, there's an approach within Judaism, Hasidism, Hasidic approach, which is also not new, but really a distillation of some of the most powerful ideas about our relationship with God and our role in being involved. Hasidism really is, I like to define it as, um, tools for somebody who's in a loving and caring relationship with their God. And by loving and caring, I mean that not that God should love and care for us more, because he does already, but we should learn tools how to be more loving toward and caring toward, toward our God. So Hasidism actually comes from that word, by the way, the Hebrew word chesed, which means kindness, sometimes translated as piety, so we say chasidim are pious Jews, but I think it's a lot better to say chasidim are loving and caring toward God, etymologically more accurate as well. So the Hasidic approach really teaches how to infuse more meaningful passion, commitment, love, nurturing, toward God, that one feels toward God in their everyday life. I've taken the language of 12-step recovery 
the, which is a, a very down-to-earth language, a very, uh, I, I, I would say that the language that addicts use to describe spiritual phenomena is gritty, and it's down-to-earth, and it's real. I've used that language to convey some of the most deep and powerful Hasidic mystical ideas about how we can feel more and act more lovingly in our relationship with God. So that fusion of this profoundly mystical Hasidic approach with this very gritty and down-to-earth recovery uh, lingo, that's sort of the new, the new angle. Okay, understood. Now, tell us about this, the stereotype, per se, of the addict. I'm sitting at a computer as we're talking, and I googled uh, twelve available twelve step programs in Detroit, and what I got. You can do this to yourself. You just go to Google and do this. What I got was um, a lot pages of churches that offer twelve uh, step programs for various and sundry addictions, and I'm looking through the list and I see one temple that offers such a program is there a uh i want to say is it a stereotype is it a misnomer or is it that jews don't get addicted that these these programs don't exist in say jewish environments you know i think i just found another one there's two yes go ahead i want to acknowledge that a lot has been done so i don't want to just automatically say Yes, it's a problem. We Jews, we were in denial about addiction. I first want to acknowledge that that incredible strides have been made in breaking down the stigma and in coming to terms with the reality that uh, we Jews are no, we're not a statistical anomaly. We do not, we don't somehow represent some sort of magical aberration from from the norm. That addiction, according to most experts, hits about ten percent of the population. And we Jews are, you know, to the contrary, there's that old Yiddish saying, we Jews are just like everyone else, only more so. (laughs) Okay. So so, it's not that we have any less than the 10% of addiction. I'd say we have the same 10% and, and even more so. And by the more so, I don't necessarily mean quantitatively, but I mean there's a certain Jewish flair and Jewish intensity to the chaos, the havoc, the insanity of addiction when it strikes the Jewish community. And I don't know if you want to talk about that a little bit, but uh, I think that's something that I'm going to try to touch upon at, the, at my talk uh, this Thursday night. Okay. Fair enough. That's a little bit of a, uh, a teaser to get people into uh, the meeting. Let me just, while we're, while we're talking about it, just to say again that Rabbi Shays Taub will be speaking about emotional sobriety at the shul, this is a, uh, a lecture. I'm not sure if it's going to be this. It says uh, if there's going to be a yearly thing that they're going to be having such types of lectures, but this is the first time they're having such a lecture at the shul, which is 6890 Maple Road, which is located um, between Drake and Halstead on the north side of the street at 7 p.m. on Thursday with our guest, Rabbi Chase Taub of Pittsburgh. Um, what what do you hope to accomplish by writing God of Our Understanding, Robert Tell? 
good question. Um, um, there's two a for couple two. of objectives, maybe more than a couple. Um, I can tell you already in the month or two since the book's been available what I've seen start to happen, uh, which I'm pleased to report. One thing is, which I had intended, is, and this touches upon what you just brought up before, the sort of the Jewish resistance to identify with the problem of addiction, and then, unfortunately, if you don't identify with the problem of addiction, it sort of obviates being able to identify with the solution of recovery. So that one of the objectives was to, if, if there were any resistance, if there was any resistance, you know, we Jews, we talk about sometimes, you know, the little, you know, in the cartoons, they have the little devil on your shoulder. So in, in, in Jewish theological thought, we talk about not the little devil on your shoulder, but the little animal in our, in our own heart sort of, you know, gives us bad advice and <laughs> tries, to, tries to ruin our lives, but with uh, all sorts of double talk. And uh, so there's that little animal that that little beast within us, sometimes he comes to us as a, you know, frothing at the mouth, rabid-looking beast, and says, oh, let's go do something self-destructive, and we listen. Other times, the internal animal dresses himself up like the most pious-looking rabbi, and in this masquerade, he comes and tries to use some sort of Jewish argument, you know, some sort of a spiritual or religious argument to convince us to do something that's actually a really bad idea. So, to wit, that little, that little uh, internal animal will sometimes come to us and say, oh, recovery, 12 steps, AA, isn't that Christian? Oh, isn't that for the Goyim? Oh, that's not for you. You need to find... Okay, so... It sounds so holy, and it sounds so. <laughs> it must. It must be. Uh, must hold water. And the truth is, I've seen so many people who could have been saved from tragedy, could have been saved earlier or altogether, and had a resistance because of some misconception that their Jewishness somehow excluded them from, or 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 excused them. From twelve step participation, which is which is very funny because I, I could tell you personally by name a hundred African Americans who I'm friends with who will tell you that before they got sober, their internal voice that gives them bad ideas told them you can't get sober because you're black. So every community, it, and, and by the way, addicts have what we call terminal uniqueness. Gotcha. That you know feeling of you can't understand. If if you could understand, you'd drink like I do too. But because you can't understand, that's why you're oppressing me. So all addicts feel permanently unique, and if you and if you belong to a minority, so for sure I'm even more terminally unique. Okay, so one objective was, you know, guys, there's certain spiritually you know, what I was talking about before, you know, like universal spiritual truths of, of spiritual fitness. There's certain universal truths, you know. Being resentful and angry and feeling like a victim is spiritually toxic for anybody. Uh, being unable to admit when you've been wronged and move on is spiritually toxic for anybody. And so one of the things that I was trying to accomplish was 
to break it down. Let's, let's demystify it. Let's look at these steps. Let's look at what the program's talking about. Let's break it down. Look at it piece by piece. What is it telling you to do? What is it telling you to do? Okay, now let's go one by one at the things that it's telling you to do and say, is that something that you can't do as a Jew? Once we answer that, that question, no, it doesn't say you can't do as a Jew. Then we ask an even more driving question, which is, is this something that you as a Jew are supposed to be doing anyway? And that's when that, like, that light bulb goes off where a Jew says, hey, yes, yes, in fact, my own spiritual tradition as a Jew would have me doing these things already. And that's, by the way, the, the title of the book, God of Our Understanding, comes from a story where I watched that light bulb go off before my eyes. There was, a, there was an addict in a group that I was uh, running in Milwaukee where uh, there was a guy there who was 70 years old. He had about 20 years clean in N.A. and A.A. So he tells the story about growing up, grew up in a typical American Jewish home, around World War II, you know, in, in, in Milwaukee, and he said, you know, he had a three-generation home. It was him, his parents, his grandparents. His grandparents spoke Yiddish and went to shul, and his parents were more, you know, the first generation, you know, uh, getting more Americanized, and he was already an American boy. So he says he remembers as a child his Zaidi, his grandfather, taking him to shul on Shabbos, and he remembers how his, his grandfather would pray and, and do all the rituals and put on the tefillin and how he'd watch that. And he says he remembers even as a five-year-old boy once thinking to himself, he wants to grow up and be a rabbi. Then he says, he hit puberty, and he finds the whole big world out there. He says from the time he was 12 years old on down, on, you know, on, and on, it was just a fast downward spiral into his personal health of total self-degradation, moral bankruptcy, doing things he never imagined he would do, three broken marriages with the children from, you know, just disaster, a ruined professional uh, career, everything just down the drain. Finally, around 50 years old, he gets clean. And by the way, it wasn't his first attempt either. It wasn't his first attempt. Around 50 years old, he gets clean. And they tell him he needs a higher power. He can't hear about higher power. This is what he's telling me. He says, I haven't thought about God in 30 years by this point, he's telling me. But they told me, I have to believe in something greater than myself, because relying on myself got me to where I am. So I've got to go and find a power greater than myself. So he says, they taught me in AA and in NA how to trust in something greater than myself. And the spiritual change started happening. He says, but this is what, this is what got me. He says, but I'll tell you, even when I started to have my spiritual awakening, it's the rabbi, he pointed to me, would have come to me and talked to me in these terms, you know, relating it to my Jewish spirituality, I still, I would not have been able to listen. He says, I'll tell you even more. She would come to me 10 years ago, when I had 10 years clean, and the rabbi would come and try to connect this to my Jewish spirituality. I would not have been ready yet to listen. And even if it had been a year ago, he says, but you know what they say, that when the student is ready, the master appears. He says, I came to a point in my spiritual growth in sobriety where it was time to come full circle, where it was time to come back to the Judaism that I saw as an innocent child, that I saw in my grandfather. He says, it's amazing now. He says, now I'm praying in Hebrew, the same prayers as my Zadie, as my grandfather, and I'm putting on tefillin, 
in the morning, like my grandfather. He says, it's such a crazy, wild journey, but he says, and this is, this is the quote that I got the title for the book. He says, I had to make a mess of my life, become an addict, get sober, and find the God of my understanding. The God of my understanding meaning, you know, in the 12-step groups, they just tell you they don't, a very important point, they do not impose any particular theology's point of view. So that you, each person has to have a personal God of their understanding, something they relate to. So he says, I had to make a mess of my life, come to the 12-step program, get sober, find a God of my understanding, work that program until I finally was ready to return and discover again the God of my fathers. Okay. And that blew me away. That blew me away because I realized that's what the Torah says, too. You know, when the Jews were at the crossing of the Red Sea, and they said, this is my God, and I will glorify him, the God of my fathers, and I will exalt him. Which did they say first? They didn't first exalt or glorify the God of their fathers. They first said, this is my God, and I will glorify him. First and foremost, there has to be a personal awakening relating to God on a personal level that's personally meaningful. And then what happens, much to the, the, uh, to, to the contrary of what people suspect, by the way, they think, oh, they'll find a God of their understanding, and then uh, they'll never come back to Judaism, which is absolutely untrue, and statistics prove and studies have, have shown that, that Jews who recover land up becoming stronger in their Jewish observance as do members of every other religion, by the way. And that first there is, this is my God, my personal spiritual awakening. And then, ultimately, what happens is the person comes home to their tradition. If you try to reverse it, you're putting the cart before the horse. You can't stuff religion. I'll say this, I'm a rabbi, so I'm allowed to say this. You cannot stuff religion down the throat of somebody who is spiritually numb, spiritually deaf, spiritually blind, and is not ready, is not ready for it. You cannot do that. You have to first touch the person in the way that awakens them personally. And that is the miracle that I see happening, and anybody who wants to see it can see it happening on a daily basis for recovering addicts who find the God of their understanding. Okay, that's going to have to do it for us for this segment of the show. Again, Rabbi Chase. Taub is going to be speaking on emotional sobriety this coming Thursday, December 23rd, 7 p.m. at the Shul on Maple Road in West Bloomfield. For more information, call, you'll listen to this phone number, 248-788-8888. Again, that's 788-8888. You shouldn't have too many problems listening, remembering that phone number. And the book is God of Our Understanding, Jewish Spirituality and Recovery from Addiction. Rabbi Shays Taub, thank you so much for coming on the Jewish Hour. Thanks a lot. It's been a pleasure, and uh, God willing, I'll see you next week or this coming week, end of the week. God willing. God willing. Okay. God bless. Okay. Take care. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back. You're listening to The Jewish Hour. Chiropractic Healthcare offers patients the advantage of a safe and natural method of healing without the use of drugs or surgery. People of all ages, including children, benefit from chiropractic's unique approach to health. Call area code 248-557-1818 today to find out how chiropractic can benefit your family. At the Solomon Chiropractic Center, we especially love children. 
All kids should have their spines checked periodically throughout their crucial growing years. Growth on a crooked foundation will create a crooked spine and become harder to correct later in life. Kids love to get adjusted at the Solomon Chiropractic Center. And hey moms, did you know that chiropractic offers a safe, drug-free approach to helping with the many pains women often get during and after pregnancy? We even have special tables which open up so pregnant women can lay on their stomachs. We treat moms, dads, children, and grandparents with arthritic pains, neck pains, back pain, and headaches. People of all ages, including kids, benefit from chiropractic. Come experience the natural method of healing without the use of drugs or surgery. Stop living in pain. Call area code 248-557-1818 today for a free consultation at the Solomon Chiropractic Center to discuss you and your family's health needs. Remember, 557-1818. That's 557-HI-HI. Herschel Finman, here you are on, you are listening to the Jewish Hour, and we hope you're enjoying this wonderful day. We have online the Jewish Hour's own poet laureate, Mr. Michael Druck. How are you today, Michael? Let's punch him up. There we go. How are you, Michael? Thank God. Very well, thank you. It's, oh, it's always good to be connected, you know. It's just like if you're missing just that one little connection, the whole thing just like, you know, just goes right to pieces over here. But we're all connected now. We're all on the same page. We're all on the same line. How's your health? Let me ask you. I'm glad to hear. I'm glad to hear. Well, it is our traditional time for having you. We're sort of uh, after Lag Boimer, before Shavuos. It's the, we're starting the Book of Numbers this week. What sort of poem have you for us this week, Michael Druck? Okay. Um, I have three. Let's see how many we can get in. Go for <laughs> it. Okay, I will begin, okay? Please. What I would not trade for holiness is beyond what some could see and be where God would have me be on the path of destiny. What I would not trade to have him know I've learned lessons he had taught between some books that had his words and sages chose and thought. What I would what would I choose and gladly lose if it would bring a smile upon his face? to live a life of holiness with kindness, deeds, and grace. Would I, what I would not trade is holiness, and I will bring his thoughts along to all the places I have been and sing his praise and song. Wow, okay. Could you uh, give us maybe a little background? What, were you, what, was it, what inspired you to, to write that poem, Michael? What inspires me to write this poem is that there are situations where holiness has to come above other things and there are sometimes things that are thrown in your way that try to prevent you or do prevent you from achieving the holiness that you are grasping for. And it's a constant battle and one must pursue the things that God wants from us. Indeed. I find that poem very refreshing, actually. Very insightful. Okay, number two, please, Michael Druck. Okay. Beat, beat the heart slowly. Feel the pulse of God. We, the Jewish nation, feel it, chosen on the path we've trod. Beat, beat, beat to his rhythm. Feel the cadence of Torah's words. 
The words lift his people on meanings overheard. Beat, beat, beat till you get to seven, and on that day you'll rest. Seek, seek his wisdom. Every Jew is counted and is blessed. Walk, walk, risk me to a synagogue and pray. Pray you will do more kindness. God will listen and have his say. Leave his sanctuary slowly. Absorb what you've learned. Watch your steps. He sees you. Amidst the used is a blessing earned. I'm 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 blown away. Actually, that is I'm uh, left speechless. I'm just really. I, I, it's a wonderful poem. I really am. Okay, and we have time. We do have time for for one more, please. And you said you had three. Oh. So we would chit-chat, but I really want to get the third poem in. Okay. There are Torah words in our soul and his essence in our hearts. There is that something that we feel that is there to impart. There is something we are born with, an inheritance we can never leave. It is well within us. It is there to love and to cleave. And when a ray of sun shines and someone reminds us who we are, we smile in determined fashion and remember how we've traveled so very far. Let us all remember every night and every day, for there will be someone to remind you how you differ by his way. Show the world how you differ and repair with determination. Remember who you need to be, a part of the Jewish nation, and that God-given right to the Jewish nation. Okay. I can I understand that, and I get it. Many, no, 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 I'm not being uh, glib or anything, but many of the listeners of the Jewish Hour are not Jewish. And so what would that poem, Michael Druck, say to them? It says that the Jewish nation is important not only for Jews, for God, but for all mankind. And we are blessed, all of us, to have blessings of God. We should all bind together and wait for the for the time when we all can live in peace. Okay, terrific. Okay, I am still waiting, as many years that I've been prodding you, and I'm still waiting, I have not yet received my autographed copy of the collected works of Michael Druck. So do we have any news about that, Mr. D- dear Mr. Druck? We'll get to that in a couple of years. We, are, we, are, we, will, we will be getting to that. We have that on a schedule, but it has to wait for a certain period of time. And that time will be happening within the next couple of years. Mm-hmm. Couple of years. I would imagine at this point you would have enough, almost to, fill, if not, if more than to fill up a trilogy of poems. <laughs> I have enough of three or four books already. Yes, that's what I'm saying. So we're going to have the complete, um, the complete shelf of poems <laughs> by Michael Druck by the time you get, by the time you get it together over here, Michael. Okay, we're going to uh, hope to bring you back again uh, during the three weeks, and it's always a pleasure to have you, and uh, wish you continued success. 
Thank you, and have a good Shabbos. Thank you. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back. You're listening to The Jewish Hour. Want assurance of quality and excellence in kosher? Look for the Michigan K on the label. What's it look like? The Lower Peninsula of Michigan with a K. It's the symbol of the Michigan Kosher Supervisors. Go to their website, mycosup.com. That's M-I for Michigan, K-O for kosher, and S-U-P for supervisors, mycosup.com, and find this month's featured products. You'll find Michigan K products wherever fine food is sold, especially at Natural Food Patch on West Nine Mile Road in Ferndale. The Art Studio of Oak Park is now accepting students. Whether you're a real beginner or have been at it for a lifetime, the Art Studio of Oak Park is something for you. All levels welcome, all ages welcome. Private tutoring or small friendly classes. Flexible hours available. The Art Studio of Oak Park is very affordable. Make your life better. Put art into your life. The Art Studio of Oak Park offers lessons in a strictly kosher environment. Call today, 248-542-5087. That's 248-542-5087. It's great having an art room right in the neighborhood. Hey, Shulfim, and here you're listening to the Jewish Hour. We got some PSAs. Let's go in alphabetical order. Today, this afternoon, 1 o'clock, Walk for Israel, sponsored by the Federation. It starts at the corner of, actually, it starts at noon, which is uh, as soon as the show gets over, they get free lunch out of the deal. The lunch is in the Shir Shalom building. It's kosher, sponsored by Jerusalem Pizza of West Bloomfield. The walk starts at 1 o'clock, starting from the corner of Walnut Lake and, and uh, what's that, Orchard Lake Road. And that's to Walk for Israel. So you want to do that. If you'd you like more information, walkforisrael.org. Let's see what else we got. The JCC in Oak Park, this is Sunday, May the 26th, is building a huge new playground and is asking for two shifts of volunteers to help come and finish doing all the things that volunteers can do. So they have from 9 a.m., this is, uh, I think that's Memorial Day weekend, that's Sunday Memorial Day weekend, 9 a.m. to noon and 12.30 to 3.30. You get lunch out of the deal from Sarah's, 10 bucks towards it, and they're giving all kinds of snacks. Kids from 10 and up can volunteer. Kids under 10 will be babysat free for nothing, and then on Wednesday the 29th and Thursday the 30th, they are doing the garden. For more information, contact Judy at 248-967-4030, or uh, that's good enough. And let's see what else we got over here. This is it's busy time over here. Uh, Jark is doing his family connections. This is May the 22nd, 6 to 9 at the zoo. They're having their spring elation. Uh, for more information... Contact Jark at 248-488-7525. That's 488-7525 for the spring elation from Jark at the zoo on May the 22nd. And finally, June 10th, Monday, Monday, June 10th, the JDC, which is the Jewish Dental Clinic. These people, these are the people who give free dental services away, are having their annual golf outing in on memory of Harold Lurian and Arnold Zuroff. And this will be Nowood Country Club. For more information, contact uh, Larry Schoen at 248-443-5248. Your organization having an event? Well, contact me at rabbifinman.com, and we will announce it over here. 
And, of course, it's free of, free of charge. That's what a PSA is. Okay, in lieu of a song, we really need to talk about something that's really new. This is groundbreaking. The study of the Talmud has been an inherent and intrinsic part of Judaism for 3,325 years. 3,325 years ago, they didn't call it the Talmud. They just called it the explanation of the Bible. Because when it said, for example, remember the Sabbath to keep it holy, so people had to be expl- had to be explained to people what exactly did that mean, the different types of work that a person was prohibited to do, the things that a person had to do. Then over the course of the millennia, it became written down into a compendium called the Talmud. It was It is the backbone of Jewish law. It's how Jews have learned to think. The South Koreans have incorporated it into their school curriculum for middle school because they think that's the reason why Jews are so smart, because Jews study Talmud. It was translated into English the first time by the Sansino Press, people are the same, by the same, printed by the Sansino Press, back in the 1920s. And they did, for what they did, they did a phenomenal job. I think it took them three or four years to translate it. But that was the Talmud translation in what we might call, it was black and white. It was just, it's just straight. It's very dry. And uh, it's lacking. I mean, it is good for what it is. And if you just like need a translation for a word maybe, or some story that has like strange Aramaic words and you just like to read the story, Sansino is fine. In the 1980s, Art Scroll came out with a an elucidated translation, and that was sort of like brought color to it. That was sort of like, uh, whereas the Sansino was black and white, Art Scroll became like the color version. It was like the color TV version of it. And it had yeah, insights. It would basically also taught a person how to, there's, there's something, there's something about reading Gemara, and then there's how to sing the Gemara which means how do you get the words to make sense? And so the art scroll was very good for that, and that's, a, that's uh, available in complete in 71 volumes, I think. It takes up a whole bookcase. Just recently, we had last year, we had the people from Koran Press, Koran Publisher of Jerusalem, talking about the new translation, which is the, the Koran Talmud Bavli. It is translated by a rabbi, uh, Adin Ebenezer Steinzaltz. And this is what you would call high definition, and I would even go so far as to call it even maybe even 3D Talmud. This is really the mark of excellence. This is now the gold standard when it comes to the authoring of the Tanya, uh, of the Talmud. They have just come out with their fifth volume of 41, and it's going to take them probably about four years to uh, complete all 41 volumes. The thing about this is, is in addition to the two different editions, you have the large size edition, um, which is fully colored and uh, has great insights and really something you would like to have on your shelf. There's also something that it gets a little bulky, so they have something called the uh, Daf Yomi set, which is a little bit smaller, not much. Still has, doesn't have much of the same color plates, has all of the insights, is easy to carry, take around. They also have an app for your smartphone. 
that you can tune right into it, go right to it. They have a website. If you if you have purchased the volumes and you register with them, you get access to this, and this is like fully integrated, and you can click on a word, and, it, and eventually what will happen is it will show you where all the words are. So they just came out with Erevin Volume 2, which is where the Dafyomi, the people who learn a page of Talmud today, so they finish it seven in seven years and change. Just came out with the second volume of Erevin, which deals with court with uh, enclosures. The second part deals with basically how to extend your city and make your city bigger on Shabbos for the Sabbath so you can walk there. I looked at it and I give it more. If I had three thumbs, I'd give it three thumbs up. And it's available uh, wherever Jewish books are sold. You can get it directly from the publisher at www.corenpub, K-O-R-E-N pub.com. And uh, if you have any questions, they're really, it's like really good at answering questions. Within the same business day, you'll get an answer to all your questions. And uh, go for it. The Corin Public, the Corin the, the Publishers Jerusalem, uh, from Jerusalem, the Talmud in English. We're going to take a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back. You're listening to The Jewish Hour. Why go to a hospital get healthy? At Encompass Healthcare, you get the -the state-of-the-art wound care like in a hospital, the same medicines, the same everything without being in a hospital. Why put yourself at risk of getting a hospital-borne infection? Did you know that last year one in six people died in America because of infections they got in hospitals? Encompass Healthcare is an outpatient facility. That means you get your wound care treatment and then go home. There are no wait times at Encompass Healthcare like in ERs. Healthcare is personal and works better, faster, and easier. Encompass Healthcare provides a state-of-the-art outpatient facility close to where you live. Call 248-624-9800. That's 624-9800. Auto accident, workman's comp, and most insurance is accepted. Encompass Healthcare's goal is to get you healthy with as little disturbance to your daily activities. Call 248-624-9800. Hi, this is Spex Howard from the Spex Howard School of Broadcast Arts. We're happy to sponsor the Jewish Hour and bring quality radio programming to the community. While much of the funding for the Jewish Hour comes from its sponsors, it's listeners like you that help keep the Jewish Hour on the air. Please send your tax-deductible donation to The Jewish Hour, 14,000 West Nine Mile Road, Oak Park, Michigan, 48237. That's 14,000 West Nine Mile Road, Oak Park, Michigan, 48237. Your help is greatly appreciated. Herschel Finman here. You are listening to The Jewish Hour. Time is fleeting away. If you want to get in touch with me, the best way to do that is www.rabbifinman.com. Right on the homepage, you don't have to go any further than that. There's a contact us, you click on that, you send me an email, you're in contact with me. And I'll answer any question and make uh, any comment on any comment that you may have. And uh, we'll establish this wonderful relationship and live happily ever after. What else is on RabbiFinman.com? Archived editions of the show. Would you like to hear Rabbi Shace again? Would you like to hear about the auction that was last week that you missed at the uh, Sotheby's? That's on there. It was a great interview and uh, other things. We're going to keep them there for about a month. www.rabbifinman.com. 
if you want, we also have the uh, archived editions of the E Parsha, the Hasidic U story, the Hasidic the U Porsche Parsha, which are insights into the portion of the week. That if you didn't get enough here, you can get more over there, and of course the all important donations page. We need your help. It's May. We start again. April, okay, good, that's done, but we now need for May. We used to be sponsored by sponsors. Now we're supported primarily by listeners like you. So go to RabbiFinman.com, go to the donations page, click on a donation number, donate. It's all very safe and secure through PayPal. Don't like doing it that way? Well, you can send your donation to The Jewish Hour. 14,000 West Nine Mile Road, Oak Park, Michigan, 48237. And I, of course, acknowledge all donations to the Jewish Hour. It's just part of the job, and I love doing it. So the more donations, the more acknowledgments. We've got just about a minute left, so I just want to give a little bit of uh, insight into the portion of the week. This week is the portion of numbers. It is read always prior to the week of Shavuos. Shavuos is coming up next week after this one. And the point of the portion is that counting, that's a book of numbers, it's about counting, it's about census, senses. God counted the Jewish people. Why did God count the Jewish people? Is because everybody counts. That's just the way it goes, and pun intended. You encounter things which are important to you, and so the Jewish people are important to God. There's no one person that can say, eh, it don't matter. No, absolutely you do matter. And likewise, no person can say, I matter more than you, because God only counted each one of us once. That's going to do it for the uh, hour. We want to thank you so much for tuning in. We hope we had a chance to entertain you a bit. We hope we had a chance to educate you a bit. We hope we have a, we hope we have a good week. We hope... To see you again next week. Have a great week. Bye. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.